Speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We move on today to Acts chapter 2. This chapter can be divided into two sections. The coming of the Holy Spirit is recorded in verses 1 through 13, and the first sermon of the church age given by the Apostle Peter is recorded in verses 14 through 47. Here now are verses 1 through 13. Dr. Luke's account of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Seven weeks had gone by since Jesus' death and resurrection, and the day of Pentecost had now arrived. As the believers met together that day, suddenly there was a sound like the roaring of a mighty windstorm in the skies above them, and it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared, and settled on their heads. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in languages they didn't know, for the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Many godly Jews were in Jerusalem that day for the religious celebrations, having arrived from many nations, and when they heard the roaring in the sky above the house, crowds came running to see what it was all about and were stunned to hear their own languages being spoken by the disciples. How can this be? they exclaimed. For these men are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking all the native languages of the lands where we were born. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, men from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the serene language area of Libya, visitors from Rome, both Jew and Jewish converts, Cretans and Arabians. And we all hear these men telling in our own language about the mighty miracles of God. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd were mocking. They're drunk, that's all, they said. this world 
What a day Pentecost was. It was the day the Holy Spirit came to call out a body of believers to form the church. The day before Pentecost, there was no church. The day after Pentecost, there was a church. Just as the Feast of Pentecost in the Old Testament followed 50 days after the Feast of the First Fruits, so 50 days after the Lord Jesus arose from the dead, the Holy Spirit came to call out a body of believers. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. It was on a Sunday the disciples of Jesus were gathered in a house. Luke doesn't tell us where that house was, but perhaps it was near the temple precincts. It was Pentecost Sunday. The Greek word Pentecost means 50, since this day came on the 50th day after the Sabbath of Passover. Moses, in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23, lists seven great feasts. The first was the Passover, the second the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the third the Feast of Firstfruits, and the fourth was Pentecost. While the Passover, with its altar and sacrifice, symbolized the cross, the altar upon which God offered himself in Jesus, the Feast of Firstfruits, three days later on Sunday, symbolized the resurrection of Jesus. Fifty days after that first fruits Sunday came the Feast of Pentecost. Exactly fifty days after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit came. So the Passover anticipated the crucifixion of Jesus, the first fruits anticipated the resurrection, and Pentecost anticipated the coming of the Holy Spirit. So the disciples were together in one place, Luke writes in chapter 2, verse 1 of Acts. The time had come for the promise of Jesus to come to pass. He had promised that the Holy Spirit would come not many days later. The time was now right. The Holy Spirit came. Listen to Luke's account as he describes what they experienced in this house. It might have been in the upper room of chapter 1, but it isn't so stated here. Here is how Luke puts it. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They experienced a violent wind. Since the word wind and spirit are the same in both Hebrew and Greek, the disciples would obviously think of Jesus' promise of the Spirit. His presence and power were symbolized by the rushing wind. They also saw what looked like fire. The fire separated into tongues and one rested on each person. Perhaps this was to confirm to the disciples the fact that God was here. Fire was often associated with the presence of God himself, such as the burning bush experience of Moses. The third unusual phenomenon was the fact that the disciples spoke in different, current, living languages and dialects. Here then were three unusual, visible, or audible occurrences wind, fire, and inspired speech. The Holy Spirit, of course, is a spirit, and there is nothing physical about him. 
but he does manifest himself in visible and audible ways, especially in crises times in redemptive history, as he did at the time of the Exodus and during the time of Elijah and Elisha. Just before history closes with the return of the Lord, there will be another time when the Spirit will again use visible and audible signs of his presence and work. So the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. How long the rushing wind or the tongues of fire lasted, we don't know. In fact, Luke's account is quite abbreviated. It seems that the disciples left the house and perhaps walked to the temple area because a crowd gathered. Luke describes it this way. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God In our tongues, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? What the noise was that attracted the attention, we aren't told. At any rate, a large group gathered. Perhaps the wind and the flames ceased, but they heard the disciples speak in different known languages and dialects. What were they saying? Luke doesn't tell us but I believe we can be sure that they were witnessing. They were telling about Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension, and certain return. They were beginning to fulfill the command Jesus had left them a few days earlier. He had said, You shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. They needed communication skills, so the Holy Spirit gave these. Perhaps that's why communication is emphasized here at the birthday of the church. Tongues symbolize the element of speech. The ability to speak was sovereignly distributed among the followers of the Lord. It was clear to all that God was at work. If we fail to praise you, Father, then will the 
of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.